you so much, Luke and Carrie, for that beautiful, beautiful song. It's great to hear the organ and the piano for the offertory. Uh, praise the Lord for that, and thank you, Ensemble. Uh, what a beautiful song. Looking forward to hearing that again tonight. And it's going to be fun traveling with our choir uh, this evening. Take your Bible, if you would, uh, this morning and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to preach a message entitled, Last Days. Last Days. As you know, um, this summer we are uh, working our way through this epistle, uh, this letter that Paul wrote uh, to Timothy. It's the last words that he would ever write, and they were words of instruction and really words of encouragement. Uh, that's good for us. This is the year of joy here at White Oak Baptist Church, and so it's wonderful to look at how um, Paul would bring joy and encouragement to the heart of young Timothy. Uh, when you think about what he is saying uh, in this section um, of the letter, he's talking about last days. You think about how people uh, respond to that. There are some that respond to thinking about last days with just apathy. They, they just uh, don't care at all uh, to talk about it. And then there are others that uh, they approach it with denial. It's like they're putting their head in the sand and, and they just want to deny uh, the subject of last days. And then there are others who approach it um, mocking uh, the last days. Peter wrote about that in Second Peter chapter 3 uh, and verse 3, where he said, "...in the last days that scoffers would come, and that they would say, where is the, the promise of His coming. And so he talked about the last days. Well, this morning, I want us to look at the last days. I want us to think about what Paul had to say uh, in this very important section of this epistle. And so if you would, take your Bible, stand with me if you're willing and able, and let's read together 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women 
loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bow before you. And Lord, we do thank you that we can be right here, right now. We thank you for your word. And dear God, I just pray that we uh, today, Lord, we this morning uh, would just... Father, that we would see truth and that we would understand truth, Lord God. Father, I pray today that uh, you would just overwhelm us with everything that we need. And Lord, I just ask already as we look forward to the time of decision, as we look forward to the time, Lord, uh, that we will be uh, just having this invitation that you would move in the hearts of people. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There are two things that I want us to see in this passage of Scripture um, this morning. First of all, I want us to look at the characteristics of the last days. The characteristics of the last days. As Paul begins, he says this, but know this, but know this. What he is saying is this, realize this, understand what I'm about to say. He's saying this, don't get caught off guard. As he's writing to Timothy, that's exactly what he is trying to get across to him. Whatever you do, young Timothy, don't get caught off guard, but know this, In the last days, in the last days, when everything comes together, and again, as I said a moment ago, people don't like to talk about the last days. Uh, Some are so apathetic, or some, as I said, are just in denial. Many do mock, because it has been so long, they said, that that, uh, where's the promise of His coming? It's where we get, when we look at the words last days, it's where we get our word eschatology, which is the study of last days, the study of when everything is going to come together. And so he says this, but know this in the last days, and this is what he's about to do. He is about to give us almost 20 characteristics of the last days. Now, we just read that list a moment ago. How many of you wanted to take a spiritual shower when we got through that list? Oh, my soul. My goodness. He said this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous. That word means difficult times. Um, It means harsh times. Troublesome times will come. When you look at that word, it means violent times. That in the last days, it could be very, very violent. It's going to be perilous. 
Why? Because here he says something very important next. He said, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. They are going to be self-absorbed. Men in the last days, men and women, are going to be obsessed with themselves. But let's be very honest. Don't we start that early in life? If you've had children or grandchildren, one of their favorite words is mine. I want you to look at your neighbor and grin real big and say, mine, mine. They love mine. They love the word my. I want you to think about it for just a moment. They love the word my, my toy, my popsicle, my swing. And then they grow up, my pew. You can't leave, I parked behind you, I promise. Listen, my pew, my agenda. My opinion. We will be lovers of ourselves. Paul had an incredible word in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. I want you to listen as I read this word. Look at what the Bible says. And he died for all. That those who live should live no longer for themselves but for Him who died for them and rose again. Can you say amen right there? Isn't that a beautiful verse? It's so good I want to read it again. Look at the screen. And He died. He, the antecedent for He is Jesus. He died. Jesus died for all. That those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for Him, Jesus, who died for them and rose again. Again. And so we are to live as believers. We are to live for Jesus. But he said in the last days, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be even violent. Because men, women, we're going to be lovers of ourselves. And then he says this, not just lovers of ourselves, but lovers of money. So it's not just self, it's silver. That we will find ourselves in the last days being money hungry. The attitude will be, show me what? The money. Show me the money. That, I mean, that will be the attitude in the last days. People will be covetous. People will be greedy. They, they'll be materialistic. Jesus even mentioned that in Luke chapter 16 when he was talking about the Pharisees and he said this, Now the Pharisees who were, look, lovers of money. I mean, we, we have to be careful ourselves. We really do. How many of you, and my hand is up, your closets are packed with stuff. Anybody in here? Your closets... Do any of you have a closet that you're almost afraid to open? <laughs> How many of you, it, it, you can't even get your car into your garage? Don't raise your hand. That is a, all right. And then you have an outbuilding. And then maybe you have rented a storage building. And we just keep getting stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. My garage is packed. 
Have you ever watched that television show, Hoarders? I have yet to make it through an entire show. I just, something happens to me. I, you know how I, I'm a very neat person and I like everything very organized. And when I watch that, I cannot make it through a show. Listen, men and women in the last days are going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to be lovers of money. And then it goes on and it says that we're going to be blasphemers. We're going to be proud. We're going to be arrogant. Um, we're going to exaggerate things. Exaggerate things. We're, we're going to speak in hyperbole. Um, we're going to, in the last days, we're going to look down. There are those, here's the characteristic of the last days. There are those who are going to look down their nose at people. They're going to be like this. Uh, I'm better than so and so. Jesus told a story about that, and I want you to put your ribbon right there in 2 Timothy. You say, Preacher, I don't have a ribbon. Well, reach over and put your neighbor's finger right there in 2 Timothy and turn to Luke. I want to show you something in Luke 18. Look at what, what, look at what Jesus said in Luke 18. Luke 18, beginning in verse 9. I want you to see this. Here's the story that Jesus told. And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Here's the story. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. It's as far as it got. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and look at this, or even as this tax collector. Can't you imagine as he's saying this? There's a tax collector over there, and he's going like this. Even him, discovered over there, or even, even that guy. Look at what he says. He goes on, he says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I love the way Jesus ends this parable. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said in our text that there are going to be some who will be blasphemers, they'll be uh, arrogant, they're going to be proud, they're going to be boasters. He's going to use the word blasphemers here in a moment. He's talking about words that people say that are biting words that insult others. The next thing he mentions is this, that there are going to be those who are disobedient to parents. <laughs> and amazing. Have you have you heard about kids that are suing teenagers 
that are suing their parents. Have you heard about that? I can just imagine how that would go in my home when I was a teenager. I thought about that this week. I can just imagine how that would play out. Hey, Dad, I'm going to sue you. Two weeks later when I woke up, I think I would have forgotten all about the lawsuit. How many of you grew up like I grew up? Mom and Dad didn't know anything about timeout. It was knockout. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> My dad was very patriotic. He, he laid down the stripes and I saw stars. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But now today we're saying, use your words. Oh, my soul. Let me ask you a question. Disobedience to parents. Have you ever been in Walmart and watching kids at checkout in somebody else's buggy? Have you ever wanted to discipline somebody else's kids? Have you? Have you? Oh, my soul. It's like they're gnawing the wheels off the buggy. Do you not see that? We're, the last days, it's going to be like this. They're going to be disobedient to parents. And then he goes on and he says, not only that, but they're going to be, and he mentions four things, all begin with un. They're going to be unthankful. Unthankful. People are not going to be grateful. They're going to have this you-owe-me attitude. They're going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy with no regard to God. They're going to be unloving. In the last days, here's a characteristic. They're going to be unloving. They're, they're going to not show affection. That word means even to those who are closest to them, they're going to be unloving then he goes on and he says unforgiving men and women who will not come to terms men and women who hold a grudge and 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 they will not come to terms they they're the the Hatfields and the McCoys and you see this in the workplace you see this in the classroom and unfortunately you see it in some churches it's the Hatfields and the McCoys they are unforgiving and then he says this slanderers that word slanderers is an interesting word and it means those that would use malicious gossip the word means this. Listen, it means this. Those who would divide people. But when you look at the etymology of that word, slanderers, it's where we get our word devil. It is. And so when we as men and women, boys and girls, when we spread gossip, malicious gossip, when we do things with our words, we say things with our words, and, and the, the point is to divide people. What he is saying is this, we're acting like little devils. If you look, you may can see some horns popping up. Oh man, he's saying, listen, the last days are, are going to be just like this. 
slanders and then without self-control, with no um, self-discipline. They they jettison their inhibitions. Men and women that, that are without strength to resist because they've given themselves over. And then he says they're brutal. <laughs> that word, we see it today even, it means cruel. It means fierce or, or savage. Not civilized. They're just brutal. And then despisers of good. That's such an interesting phrase there that, that in the last days, the characteristic is this, the people are going to be despisers of good. I don't know if you have been keeping up with it, but Pastor Greg Laurie, how many of you have ever heard of Pastor Greg Laurie? Several. He pastors a, a mega church out in California. In August, uh, they have a harvest crusade. They've been doing it for almost 30 years, almost three decades. And over 100,000 people come to this crusade. Did you read or did you hear that this year when they put up their billboard, it had Greg Laurie, the pastor, sort of looking like this with a Bible in his hand, but it just was a black book. It didn't even say Bible. But there were so many people that called in and threatened that the billboard company made them take it down. Because they said it passed the line of opposition and being vulgar. That that was in the contract. It, nothing that goes up on a billboard could, could cause opposition or be vulgar. Can you imagine that? You can't even put a preacher on a billboard holding a Bible? Jesus Paul said, listen, in the last days, it's going to be like that. People are going to be despisers of good. And then he goes on and he says traitors, people that will stab you in the back. The word there is the same word that was used for Judas, someone that will turn on a friend. And then he says headstrong. Headstrong, that means someone that's rash, someone that's reckless, someone that runs ahead without any forethought. They just plunge ahead and then haughty. (laughs) Haughty is people, you know who it is, it's conceited, high-minded, puffed up. Their nose is always in the air and if it ever rained, they'd, they'd drown. You know what I'm talking about. They're just haughty. They're high-minded. Do you remember John Lennon? Do you remember what he said? I think I have that quote on the screen there, do I? The John Lennon quote. It's there somewhere. Here it comes. Here it comes. There it is. This is what he said. Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I don't need to argue about that, he said. I'm right. And I'll be proved right, or proven right. We are more popular than Jesus now. Talking about the Beatles. You remember that statement many years ago? Oh my goodness. 
Oh my goodness. Men and women, here are the characteristics of the last days. They're, they're going to be haughty. And then lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, rather. Lovers of pleasure. That word, pleasure, is where we get our word hedonism. And he said, in the last days, men are going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Many years ago, I was, uh, we flew from Atlanta to Montego Bay on our way to Kingston. And years ago, we used to have to fly uh, to Mo Bay and then take an inner island flight to Kingston many years ago. Well, this time we had to land uh, there in Montego Bay, and for some reason we actually had to change planes. So we all got off the plane, we all went to the airport to get on another plane, and as I was standing in line about to, to get on another plane, this, this couple walked up and they just bounced up and, and they looked at me and I looked at them and they said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great, how are you doing? They said, we're doing great. And uh, he looked at me, he looked at my shirt. And this is back when our ministry is called Mission International, instead of, say, Pastor International. It's called Mission International. He looked at it, he said, oh, oh, what is this all about? And I spent about five minutes while we had time, and I told him about our Jamaica ministry and how we went and preached in churches and schools and did this and did that and did this and did that and did this. And, and, and then I looked at his shirt, and he's sort of doing this right here. And I said, uh, where are you heading? He sort of dropped his arms, and his shirt actually said, Hedonism Resort. And I said, oh, that's where you're heading. And he went, yeah. <laughs> he said, we're sort of going the opposite directions, aren't we? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, we are. Yes, we are. Listen, there are going to be those in the last days who are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Then I want you to look. Look at your Bible and look at what it says here. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of godliness. Looking at the appearance, the outward appearance, the facade. In the last days, there are going to be many, many, many people that are putting on a show, and I tell you, the flesh can really put on a good show. Isaiah had something to say about that in Isaiah 29 and verse 13. He says this, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. And then Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 23. I want you to look at what Jesus said. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. 
when Paul is writing, he's saying there are those who have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. So we see the characteristics of the last days. And, and as I said a moment ago, when you read those, you almost feel like you need to take a shower. And then he gives us the second thing, and very quickly, the caution. The caution of the last days. I want you to look at what, what Paul says in the B part of verse 5. And from such people turn away. He said from such people turn away. The word there means put distance between you and those people. It really does mean, it's a caution, it means to shun in the Greek, the word picture is amazing. It's interesting. It's this. It's take yourself by the collar and pull yourself away. To me, that's a, an interesting picture. He says, shun them. Get out of Dodge. He's giving a caution. And then he continues in verse 6 and he says this, For of this sort are those who creep into households. They're very crafty. They, they worm their way in. They're very sneaky. They're like Satan in the garden. And then they go after those and make them captive. People, men and women, who are weak morally and mentally. When you read what he is saying here, they are overladen with sins. And because of that, they're hindered in understanding the truth. So these kinds of people go after, in a very covert way, they go after those who are overwhelmed by sin. And he gives us an example in verse 8. He tells about two men who resisted Moses. Now you will not find the names of these men in the Bible. Most theologians feel, uh, and it's in extra-biblical writing, you can find their names. Most theologians feel that these men are the ones that resisted Moses or opposed Moses in Exodus chapter 7. They stood up to him and opposed him when they were the magicians, when he cast down or Aaron cast down the rod, they cast down the rod. And the other things, they, they tried to do just like the miracles that Moses or Aaron would do. And then they got to a point where they could not. And Paul is saying, listen, men just like that. And then he tells us this. I want you to see it in your Bible because he tells us about their end in verse 9. But they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. In other words, this, they will be exposed, they will be found out, men just like this. They're frauds. John Phillips puts it like this, they're going to be stopped in their path and stripped of their power. They thought... These two men thought they had it all figured out. They thought they had a great plan. But I love what that great philosopher and theologian Mike Tyson once said. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth 
I like that. I've lived that in the boxing ring before. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Well, these two got hit in the mouth by a holy God. When you look at what Paul is doing in, in this section of this letter, he's saying, listen, I'm telling you about the last days. And he gives us these characteristics. He says this is the way that it's going to be. This is the way that it's laid out. And then he gives us an example. But I love the fact that he says they will be exposed. And so when we look at, at this portion of the letter, it encourages me and, 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 and I hope that it encourages you to look at these things. And say, you know what, I don't want to have just a form of godliness. But I truly want to live. I want to flesh out. I want to live for King Jesus. I want to live for King Jesus. Because we're going to stand before Him one day. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of decision right before we have our communion this morning. If you're here today and you have never given your heart to Christ, you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior. I want you to know that today is the day. Today's the day that you can walk down this aisle and just take me by the hand and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior. I, I, want, I don't want to um, go to hell. I want to go to heaven. This morning, in just a moment, as we begin to sing, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to your heart. I encourage you to step down. There are others. You're here. And maybe you know without a shadow of a doubt, you know that you know that you're saved. But the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to your heart and you want to come and you want to get on bended knee. Maybe spend some time at this altar. We'd love to have you come and just spend some time with King Jesus. So our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today and, and there are those that uh, maybe you've been visiting. And you would like to begin the process of joining this family. You'd like to get some more information. Why don't you come? Let me pray with you. We'll take your name and We'll get you information so that you can place your life here or your family's life here. Very quietly, very reverently, would you stand? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to pray. Right after I pray, I invite you, I invite you to come. Father, Lord, we love you, we praise you. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to every heart. Lord, help us to search our hearts and listen to that still, small voice. Oh God, I pray.
that you would move in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing, would you come?